Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Friday, March 24th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. A lot of college hoops. We had a really fun start to the Sweet 16 yesterday. Can Friday live up to that? We'll see. In addition to that, we'll dive into some Elite Eight matchups that we know are set. You know, I do want to ask you this question here. So Will Levis is having his pro day, and uh, ESPN has been focused on that from uh, Kentucky. When it comes to trying to showcase yourself, and this is what Lil Levis is trying to do, we know he has a cannon of an arm. And I don't know, maybe this was just the, the particular shots that ESPN was showing, but they were just showing the bombs, the the deep throws. We know he can do that. Wouldn't you want to show off that you have some some touch? You can throw some out passes. You can you can throw some different things that maybe uh, would ex- excite teams to want to draft you, saying that you're a complete quarterback. I assume that's what's actually happening. Maybe it's just ESPN's just showing the, you know, the, the highlight. <laughs> uh, yeah, the highlight stuff. Because I know when you know, C.J. Stroud had his you know session earlier this week. Yeah, he kind of went uh, by what the Panthers wanted him to do. Uh, they kind of had a script for him. Uh, so, and I assume it was similar because the Panthers contingent you know went from Columbus to uh, Tuscaloosa yesterday for the Bryce Young thing. I assume they probably did the same thing there. All right, that makes sense because, yeah, I'm, I'm just watching a bomb. I mean, it was a great throw, and, and we know he's obviously very capable of doing that, so uh, that's certainly not new. Uh, we'll uh, obviously be getting into a lot of NFL and draft things in the weeks to come as I believe what we are officially like one month away from the NFL draft. End of April, right? Yeah, uh, so I think it's approaching here very quickly. Let's reset the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins the West Region Final on Saturday, UConn or Gonzaga? We have UConn out in front now at 57% of the vote, Gonzaga sitting at 43%. Yeah, and this number was roughly a pick when it opened last night. Let me just double-check here. I think the, the last I looked, it was there were some twos around. Actually, it's pretty much two everywhere now that I look, uh, at least uh, worldwide. And it seemed, and I see some two-and-a-halves, in fact, now. Uh, a couple of Nevada, two-and-a-half. So seems like all the early money has been on Connecticut, and this game is being played in Las Vegas. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, so we will answer this question around 1130 today. Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Who do you have tonight? ATS in Kansas City. Bob caught up with Adam Baum from the Cincinnati Inquirer to chat all things Xavier. If you missed that podcast over at KDOS 1060.com or with the KDOS 1060 app, uh, the Texas Longhorns minus four and a half numbers coming from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Xavier plus four and a half and the masses uh, keeps on with the Texas theme at 71.4% of the vote. Xavier sitting at 28.6%. 
I guess our masses are not actually part of the wagering market because this game's down to four almost everywhere. Everywhere, in fact, pretty much every place I can see in Nevada. And just looking at a, you know, a little more worldwide numbers uh, from some offshore places, it's pretty much four there now too. So there's a couple of four and a half, but almost all of them seem to be gone. Uh, we, we we have the Elite Eight on Saturday. We'll get to that in just a second. want to remind you about Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. You can check out our friends at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. It's not your normal meat market. They have craft beer. They have wine. They have spirits. And they never forget about your four-legged friends with amazing treats. The weekend specials, the Butcher's Blend, 8-ounce beef steak skewers at 2 for $15.00 prime pork country style ribs at $4.99 a pound and boneless eight ounce chicken skewers butcher's blend or rosemary garlic at two for $12 all right the elite eight getting started on Saturday with you've corrected me here the Florida Atlantic University I'm just doing going by what they say but it's they, they conflict themselves they got like warm-ups that have FAU in the back of them and they say they don't want to be called FAU so that's kind of your fault I agree. Yeah. If you don't want yeah. to be called FAU, then you can't be using that logo anymore. You got to be yeah. using a Florida Atlantic University logo. Yeah. Anyway, there. It's like a Lane Kiffin thing when he was coaching there, right? So. <laughs> Uh, they're one and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Kansas State minus one and a half. This game gets started on Saturday, 3.09 p.m. on TBS. Um, so I think first and foremost, we'll have to monitor Noel's ankle from right. Kansas State. That uh, it was immediately taped in that game. He was able to keep playing. But now that he's been off of the ankle, time has, uh, you know, adrenaline has stopped. Time is moving along. How will the swelling be as the days go on? Right, and Wally Zerbiak got into exactly this yesterday on CBS Sports Network, and obviously he's been in this tournament, and you know he had a success at Miami of Ohio in this tournament, and he talked about how he had an, an ankle thing uh, early in, uh, you know, I don't know if it was during the tournament, but in his career, and, you know, he, was, you know, he could, knew he could make it through a game. He was worried about the next game. Absolutely. Uh, so that's certainly something to monitor here. For Florida Atlantic, John L. Davis, he's had 29 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, and 5 steals in that win over Fairleigh Dickinson, and he was able to follow it up yesterday with 15 points, 6 rebounds against Tennessee. He's a 37.8% shooter from 3 on the year. When it comes to Florida Atlantic, though, they make 9.63s per game and only commit a turnover rate at 16.5% on offense, whereas K-State ranks now in the top 10 in assists per game with 17.1. And, of course, that's a lot coming from Noel and how he's playing at a high level. K-State, though, gets to the foul line 20.9 attempts per game and shoots it at a 75% clip. Yeah, Florida Atlantic certainly has depth. I mean, they've got nine guys that they play, and none of them are seniors. I kind of thought that might make a difference against Tennessee. <laughs> it made no difference against Tennessee because uh, Tennessee just couldn't shoot straight, which we've seen before. But needless to say, uh, you mentioned Davis, and I've talked a couple times this week. You know, I've, all these guys are underclassmen right now for the most part, but uh, they've got two or three guys, including Davis, uh, who's going to be playing for money at some point in his career. I don't know if it's the NBA. He might be good enough to play in the NBA, but certainly he's going to be playing for, for money if he wants to for somebody. 
and he's a really talented player. And yeah, he I think he pretty much you know showed all his skill set yesterday. He didn't shoot as well as he had in previous games, but uh, you know a couple of defensive plays and needless to say a couple of tremendous passes, including the one that just kind of clinched the game uh, to Boyd in the fast break. You know, I thought that Tennessee would be able to have some advantage on the the glass here. Uh, would you now be able to say in this particular matchup with K-State that they would have the advantage on the glass and be able to create some second-chance point opportunities for themselves? Kansas State would be? or Yeah, you, Kansas State. They're not a good rebounding team, uh, so maybe not. Um you know, really, you know, it's hard for me to judge Florida Atlantic season statistics because, you know, let's face it, Conference USA is not great, and they were they were the top rebounding team in the conference. Uh, so maybe, uh, yeah, I, it, I should have mentioned the, probably – I mentioned the Tennessee foul thing. I got that part yesterday, right? But I, did, I should have mentioned the Florida Atlantic rebounding thing, and uh, I didn't expect them to out-rebound Tennessee, and they had the second-chance points advantage yesterday, and I actually thought that was the biggest difference in the game. Yeah, I think it's kind of impressive that Florida Atlantic was able to do that against Tennessee just considering height differential and considering just kind of the bully ball that Tennessee can play. Yeah, even though they have length, Florida Atlantic has length. I mean, they don't obviously have the you know the, the bodybuilders that uh, Tennessee has. Uh, you know, probably don't quite have the uh, finances for the weight room. I'm guessing that uh, Tennessee has. But uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, they did lead their conference in rebounding during the season, and they actually led the league in points in the paint too. But I'm not sure how to judge that because it's not exactly uh, the most rugged league you're going to play in in the Conference USA. FAU, I'm sorry, Florida Atlantic University, plus one and a half, K-State minus one and a half, 3.09 p.m. on TBS on Saturday. Flipping it over to the late game there on Saturday, 5.49 p.m. on TBS. UConn minus two and a half, Gonzaga plus two and a half. Numbers coming from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. UConn has won seven of their last eight games, trying to make the Final Four for the first time since 2014 when they won it all. Gonzaga has now won 12 in a row, including including 15 of their last 16 games, looking to reach the Final Four for the second time in the last three seasons. Yeah, and yesterday I think we got everything you could expect out of any team with Connecticut. You know, they've got the big guys. You love your guy, Sonogo. <laughs> I do. Uh, and, and it's not like he's the only big guy they have. I mean, they've got a kind of a rotation of three guys that they kind of move in and out. Sonogo obviously is the best of the group. Uh, but not only did they dominate physically inside – when they're making threes, you can just kind of – I don't know if there's anybody in the nation that could beat them if they're making threes uh, because you can kind of assume you're going to get the inside you know, help from Sonogo leading the way there. Uh, so yeah, that's a that was a, the worst-case scenario for Arkansas. And also Arkansas just is kind of outmanned. I mean, let's – they've got some – they've got NBA future players, but uh, you know, they were, to me – uh, with the exception of the second half last week against Kansas, for the most part, the entire season, to me, Arkansas was disappointing. Sonogo, he's been amazing this tournament, averaging 23.3 points per game along with 9.6 rebounds. Uh, Jordan Hawkins has scored in double digits four of the last five games and 28 of 34 games this season for UConn. Meanwhile, it's hard to ignore what we just saw from Drew Timmy with Gonzaga last night versus UCLA with his 36 points and 13 boards. Uh, Julian Strother, of course, we know, hit the big-time shot, and he has had some double-digit scoring in 10 straight games. 
Yeah, I'm going to go back to Hawkins and Jackson. I mean, they've been. I know that uh, they've, they've got some interesting numbers, but their you know, their numbers have been a little erratic. I mean, you, know, you get to uh, you know, you, you kind of uh, you have some guys in in uh, in basketball. They average like you know 25, 20, 25 a game because they get like twenty four one game and one the next game or whatever. And you know, I'm doing the bad math here, but whatever. It's not a you don't know what you're going to get from these guys every night, and Hawkins and and Jackson are kind of along those lines. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and then you have Gonzaga here. I mean, we've talked about it before with Drew Timmy and uh, his game. You know, it's amazing how patient he is. Uh, when he gets the ball, he really uses every single fundamental tool he's ever been taught uh, because it, it's not coming from an explosive athletic place. He's going to have a much tougher route here with the bigs from Connecticut. Uh, I may, might have lost out in the best number already in this game. It opened one last night, and I didn't do anything last night. I thought, well, maybe there'll be some Gonzaga money. There was Gonzaga money yesterday to the point where they were favored in most locations before the game against UCLA. I think that some of that had to do with the UCLA injury situation and some speculation of guys who were not going to be able to play, Bona, for instance. Uh, when that line moved yesterday afternoon, a couple hours before the game, at least the market told me that he wasn't going to play. And uh, I think that if had he played, I doubt if Timmy would have gotten 36. He might have fouled Bona out of the game and got like 30. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think it would be a much tougher route. I think Connecticut wins this game tomorrow. And I'm uh, searching for the best number possible, but I think the best number is probably long gotten away from me now because it looks like this is going to three at some point soon. It just depends on whether odds makers want to move it to three. And, you know, as soon as that happens, they're going to get pounded with Gonzaga Monday if that actually – if they go to three – they're going to get hammered on the other side. So that's uh, the uh, that's the odds maker and the bookmaker's decision there. Uh, UConn Gonzaga, the Saturday game, 5:49 p.m. on TBS. It's your turn if you'd like to join the program. 602-260-1060. We'll take calls now. Chat with you on the other side of the break. The number 602-260-1060. We'll also get into a little bit from the world of the NFL uh, and. Suns play the Kings tonight, 7 p.m. You have the Sweet 16 continuing on tonight as well. Lots of fun things going on on the hardwood. We'll get into all of it here if you'd like to join the show, 602-260-1060. It is The Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays as you're listening on this Friday, March 24th. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Eleven twenty.
22 here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kent, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. As promised, heading to break, it's your time, 602-260-1060. So we pop on out to the KDOS hotline as we're joined by uh, Tom in Litchfield. Tom, what's on your mind today? Well, not much. Uh, I don't see very good games tonight. <laughs> well, I wasn't I crazy I, about Yeah, I thought when the schedule came, when we, I realized the schedule, I thought the Thursday games were better than the Friday games. So hopefully uh, we'll get some entertainment tonight. Uh, I do like, you know, obviously the point spreads are much bigger than they were yesterday too, which kind of reflects our opinion, I believe. Yeah, they might surprise us. Who knows? Hey, I got a question. Uh, if you're the book bookmaker, what would you put your odds for a Big East champion? Like plus two fifty or three hundred? Uh, I'd have to sit down and I really haven't thought about this. I'd have to figure out, you know, who's still alive and so forth. But uh, can you get a team from the state of Texas and somebody booking that? I guess you know they yeah. almost have to be a favorite, though, right? Um, yeah, you, or even money at least. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, what would you do with that? Uh, something. Yeah, obviously, I think Connecticut's Connecticut's playing better than anybody right now. I guess, you know, part of the factor here is you believe in Creighton. I don't believe in Xavier. I think they're going to lose tonight. Uh, So, you know, certainly uh, they've got, you know, three teams live here. But, uh, yeah, and I, like I said, I've said, I've mentioned this, you know, at, I'm sure sick people are sick of me t- saying this, but you know, Creighton is to me had been the most Creighton the team that's driven it's driven me the most nuts this year would be Creighton from game to game and not even game to game. I mean, you know, for I use this term Half also sometimes <laughs> t- yeah, TV timeout to TV timeout. Uh, I don't know what are we go going to get out of them because they just have too many players that are way too inconsistent, including Nebhard who had 30 points in the last game. Yeah, and that Shyhart or whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, well, remember we were watching him jack, chuck it up for I forget I get all my Dakotas mixed up. I apologize, but uh, yeah, he South Dakota yeah, State wasn't it? Yeah, one of them. I mean, I, uh, between that and the football program, I don't know who's who, but uh, he's <laughs> from the Dakota, uh, one of the Dakotas, and uh, yeah, he's been in this uh, thing before, and I think that's where we first noticed him a couple years ago. Talk about sickening. Uh, uh, Des Moines newspaper was saying that Drake uh, had food poisoning in that uh, second half of the Miami game, or maybe the whole game. Would they have a meal at halftime or something? <laughs> well, no. They, uh, the coach got asked about some player that uh, their sixth, sixth man where yeah. was in the second half. They said he, wasn't, he was sick. Well, they, they completely imploded in that game. I don't care if they were sick or not. I mean, they, they made some sick decisions. Uh, yeah, you know, they're they just coughing they, up the ball for sure. Right. For a team that doesn't turn the ball over hardly ever, with all the experience that they have, they're one of the oldest teams in the entire tournament. Uh, they played like a bunch of freshmen that had never been in a, a big game in their lives and uh, you know, basically given that game away last week. Yeah, they had three starters. Uh, I think two were 24 and one was 25. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's amazing. And then they've been waiting to be in the NCAA tournament for a couple of years because they you know, basically lost the conference tournament a couple of years in a row. So 
This is what they were looking forward to, playing for. This is everything for them, and they just basically gagged the second half away. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program here. I know this wasn't the question that he was asking in terms of, you know, which conference is going to win the tournament and what you would place that number on, but just to kind of uh, – parse it out a little bit uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook app you have Alabama to win it all still as the favorite at plus 300 UConn just behind him at plus 390 Houston plus 390 the Zags at plus 650 then the other Big East opponent plus 900 for Creighton Texas 11 to 1 K-State 12 to 1 Florida Atlantic 20 to 1 San Diego State 45 to 1 Xavier 45 to 1 Miami Florida 55 to 1 and then Princeton uh let's see that is 200 to 1 Yeah um so and, uh, a couple of those teams I like uh, getting the points tonight would be Princeton and uh, also uh give a shot with Miami of uh, excuse me not Miami but uh you know, I lost my track of my oh, San Diego State tonight I think that they got a shot against Alabama, and that's another game that uh, not necessarily just a contrast of styles, but just the physical presence and experience. As I mentioned earlier, San Diego State has nine guys that they play all the time, and seven of them are seniors, and Alabama is the majority of their team are freshmen. Uh, And you got the better number, though. You got an eight, right, for San Diego State? That would be correct. Let's transition to the NFL here just briefly. This Lamar Jackson situation is getting more and more bizarre. Uh, Yesterday, the league sent a memo out to teams to not negotiate with a man named Ken Francis, who is apparently not certified by the NFLPA as being somebody who can negotiate contracts. Francis and Lamar have both said that he has not been contacting teams on Lamar's behalf, but the memo reminds teams that they can only negotiate with Lamar since he's representing himself. Um, This is not what I would think if you're Lamar Jackson that you would want the focus to be on. There really seems to be like no traction right now for your services to come back to the Ravens for any sort of trade opportunities here. And this just doesn't seem like something that you would want uh, the main focus to be on. Yeah, I've you know, gone through this a couple of times, but I think there's a variety of reasons why uh, you know, teams are not interested in Lamar. And uh, you know he's turned down more money than he's going to get, no matter what he ends up getting. He's already turned down far more than he's going to get in the long run unless somebody just gets stupid, uh, which is entirely possible because there's plenty of owners that have been stupid before. But you know, that's one thing. And two, uh, to me, the bigger thing is, is how good is he? Uh, is he definitely has not improved his passing skills. I know the receiving situation has not been the best for him. It's, not, it, it's actually gotten worse. There's no doubt about that. But his accuracy, you know, especially outside the hash marks, has not been good at all. And then this injury thing, I mean, in two, you know, two straight years and three out of four, he's had at least some form of an injury in his career so far. So I, I would not be I, – I understand why there's not a teams lining up for him and throw all those things together. And, uh, you know, other than obviously just the, the skill level, I don't really have anything on the other side of the column, whichever side of the column you're looking at, uh, from the negative side, which I just kind of I kind of just pointed that out. 
Now, I'm not really sure if there's – I don't think there's enough positives that outweigh the negatives for me and Lamar Jackson in the NFL right now. Well, if he's coming back to the Ravens, he gets another receiver to throw it to. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. I mean, he had – he's had some really good moments in some, you know, what the hell's going on moments and seemingly not much in between, right? Um, yep. Yeah, you know, he had some really good moments for the Raiders uh, for a while there. But uh, other than that, I think it's safe to say that his uh, NFL career has been disappointing. I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, obviously, there was not a lot good going offensively for the Patriots last season. So it's hard to kind of say that like, oh, it's all on Nelson Aguilar. But uh, he was very frustrating in a Patriots uniform as well. And uh, I don't think that panned out the way that they were hoping to when they brought him in in free agency. I think that's kind of been his career, unfortunately. And uh, you know, back in the days at SC, I, don't, I think most of us thought he was going to be a star in the NFL. And obviously, he... he provided reason to think that but uh, not not much of that since he left uh, college well we'll stick with the wide receiver theme here there was an interesting article by the athletics jeff howe on the wide receiver market and what we're currently seeing and how it's kind of been a softer market so far a source has told uh jeff howe here that people just don't think it's that good of a group of wide receivers and if you look at you know last year when everyone was so worried that the wide receivers were resetting the market when you had Devonte adams five years 140 million tyree kill four years 120 million aj brown four years 120 million so far the that all started with christian kirk remember with correct the jacksonville thing yeah yeah exactly and so um this year so far though it's been an alan lazard four-year 44 million dollar deal to the jets jacoby myers three years 33 million to uh the raiders and then juju smith schuster three years up to 33 million dollars to the patriots and then obviously you have the names like deandre hopkins you have uh jerry judy you have Cortland sutton's names who have been floated out there as potentially some trade opportunities i don't think d hop is in the same category as jerry judy and Cortland Sutton because D-Hop has proven what he can be at the NFL level. I think now it's just 30, 31 years old injuries that have plagued him the last couple of years, the suspension here. What exactly are the Cardinals asking for in return? And in this article, Jeff Howe had even said that uh, the Patriots had expressed interest, but they're not coming back to the table unless the price drops. Yeah, and there's also been other reports this week on the conflicting networks of whether the Patriots are interested in him at all at this point. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, there's no doubt between free agency, you, the guys that you love, the players that you mentioned that signed last year, some of those guys are really good players. Devontae uh, Adams, Tyreek right. Hill, <laughs> yeah, AJ yeah. Brown. <laughs> That's not close to what's out there right now. Uh, and then look at the draft. You know, there's been you know certainly you know draft picks. You know, the Justin Jeffersons of the world and others uh, that have come in and, and been immediate impacts in the NFL. And uh, this draft of the wide receiving position is not nearly uh, as strong as it uh, has been in the past. Who knows? Maybe some of these guys will step up and surprise us. But uh, between the free agency. Available free agents in the upcoming draft picks. It's it's not the market is not anywhere near what it's been as far as wide receivers. 
And the market for one Ezekiel Elliott, uh, he has said that he wants to play for the Eagles, the Bengals, and the Jets. Reportedly, the Eagles have not expressed interest. I thought I also saw something again this morning. I don't know who reported it, but uh, that Zach Taylor with the Bengals said that they're fine with their running back situation. So the market, market is probably not very robust for Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I think the Bengals should reconsider this because they had short yardage problems the last couple of years. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, they had short yardage issues. And uh, I, I would think that uh, moving on from Joe Mixon might even be an option for them at this point. Uh, maybe not as uh, the number one guy, but uh, you know, Elliott, out of everything, he's still unbelievable in short yardage. He's a tremendous pass blocker, which is something that Joe Burrow should be pretty interested in. And considering they're still changing offensive linemen on a daily basis in Cincinnati, pass blocking should be, you know, I think pass blocking running back, whether it's Elliott or somebody else, should be a top priority. And to that point, Samaji P. Ryan is no longer with uh, the Bengals. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what he does as a pass blocker, but uh, you know, he was he did a few things. Um, in fact, uh, I strangely got the the big one of the biggest carries in the Super Bowl for some reason. Right now, it's a $25 gift certificate to Winner's Sports Bar as they're serving up great food, drinks surrounded by wall-to-wall screens, plus Arizona's best local sports book at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. Caller number 3602-260-1060. You're the winner of the $25 voucher to Winner's Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. Winner's Sports Bar 602-260-1060. Caller 3. While you're at it, kdos1060.com. Enter the basketball blitz contest. Time is running out pick the winner and if you correctly pick it you'll go into one big pot for your chance at two thousand dollars from desert diamond casino west valley right now it's caller three for the 25 dollar voucher 602 260 1060 to winner sports bar at desert diamond casino west valley it's poll question anybody from the pack 12 that's my that's my hint that's a fantastic uh hint because yes. they're all eliminated. <laughs> Thank you. That would, be my, that would be my suggestion. And they didn't hit their win totals. Six Ooh, and a half. True. Didn't yeah, make I, it. Yeah. It's poll question time. We answer them next. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kim, Kayla Mortolaro with you as we transition our attention over to our poll questions. We get things started with the KDOS1060.com question. Who wins the West Region final on Saturday, UConn or Gonzaga? I'm going UConn here, uh, and uh, not just because they've been playing great here lately. Uh, I just think that they match up really well in this game. They've got multiple big guys, obviously Sonogo, but also you know they've got two other freshman guys. Yeah, Klingon's a seven foot two guy, a freshman, and he's really had some very good moments this year. In fact, I mentioned I noticed him immediately uh, when the season started. He was an immediate impact player. And also they have Caravan, who's another 6'8 guy. So they've got three guys that are you know big enough to go against Timmy. And uh, certainly that was a problem for UCLA last night. They just ran out of dudes. 
healthy dudes, at least uh, for UCLA. And I think that that's a big part there. The other thing, the biggest issue for Connecticut this year is, you know, kind of defending off guys that are penetrating point guards. And, you know, Creighton's got some guys that can shoot, as we found out last night, but I'm not sure they really have the penetrating point guards that can really, you know, get into the Connecticut defense. And that's where Connecticut's had its most problems this year. So combination of those things and uh, the fact that I think that certainly if you just take a look at what happened yesterday, Connecticut not pushed at all. I mean, that game was over like in a layup line before it even started. And UCLA and Gonzaga went to the hilt, needless to say. So I think that to throw those things together and I'm on Connecticut. Uh, I'm just looking for the better, best number and I've already probably lost the best number. But uh, maybe some money line on Connecticut for tomorrow if it doesn't get out of hand. Sonogo, he's my guy. I'm just excited about Sonogo and being able to say it. So they can't lose now. Uh, he's obviously playing really well. He's playing. He's having a great tournament. He's someone to pay attention to, along with Jordan Hawkins. Uh, that they'll be able to have some offensive firepower to be able to keep pace with the Zags. But I think to your point uh, that UCLA just ran out of gas there. They ran out of players available to play. Didn't even start uh, very key players to their team. And I think UConn would be able to match up better. I don't think we're going to see another 36-point performance from Drew Timmy. And uh, everything obviously goes through Drew Drew Timmy in the offensive sets for Gonzaga. So I think if you're able to put a little bit more pressure on him and then also have the offensive firepower on the other other side of the ball, maybe get the Zags a little bit out of their rhythm and what they would like to do. So I'm going to say UConn uh, pulls this one out. Yeah, let me add just one more thing about Hawkins. Yeah, he actually went scoreless in the first half in two of the previous three games before last night. So he's not got off to great starts. And uh, I would assume that that would be certainly uh, something on the priority list for uh, Danny Hurley is to get him going early in the game. Uh, the masses are on UConn side of things at 56% of the vote. Gonzaga sitting at 44%. This is KDOS1060.com's poll question. Tossing things over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060. Once again, if you missed Bob's conversation with Adam Baum from the Cincinnati Inquirer, you can podcast over at KDOS1060.com or the KDOS1060 app. Uh, and the conversation surrounding Xavier, here's the question. Who do you have tonight? ATS in Kansas City, Texas, my Minus four and a half, Xavier plus four and a half. Uh, so certainly the defensive lulls for Xavier are fascinating just because of Sean Miller's background and and how he is more of a defensive-minded player or a defensive-minded coach and, and how he has typically structured teams. I do think that Texas is just playing really well. They'll be able to exploit those potential lulls on the defensive end of the, bo- uh, end of the ball. And I just think Texas is overall uh, playing really consistently in the last couple of weeks here, and I think they're the better team. Yeah, I agree with that, and I'll just add a little more as far as one matchup as far as the bigs for Texas, and they've got three of them basically. You know, I know DeSue certainly got a lot of attention here lately, but during the season, you know, Bishop and Mitchell have actually, uh, I wouldn't say been more consistent, but they've certainly contributed frequently. Uh, so those are three guys, and I think that's just too much. You know, I talked uh, earlier in the show when we previewed uh, this game during the sports zone about you know Xavier's lack of depth, which was really a problem all year long, even before Fremantle's injury. And uh, 
I was worried about UCLA, their injury situation and lack of depth after that, catching up with them, and I think that definitely played a big role last night. I wouldn't be surprised if this happens tonight to uh, Xavier against Texas. The masses are on Texas at 62.5% of the vote. Xavier sitting at 37.5. The minus four and a half number coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And this is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. So of the matchups that are taking place tonight with San Diego State, Alabama, Miami, Houston, Princeton, Creighton, Xavier, Texas, um, we had identified which one was the one we were most looking for forward to and then we ended up getting a bunch of really good games so which one are you most looking forward to tonight i think xavier in texas but that's partly because of the sean miller factor and uh obviously he's still chasing the the first trip to the final four and uh, i know he has to win two games to get there but uh, he came up short when he was with the u of a and yeah i mentioned to you uh, i believe it was off the air earlier in uh, the morning here that um, you, know, you know, rarely have I ever seen a coach more miserable after winning a game uh, than Sean Miller. I'm talking about any sport, and uh, it was more like a relief uh, when he won some games, including a couple of Pac-12 tournament games that I personally attended. An ASU game here, I remember one night uh, a few years ago. It was like, whew. Yeah, it was more like yeah, we finally we actually won that game. Uh, you just there's not, there wasn't much joy involved, and he seems to have changed in that area too, as we talked about earlier during the sports zone today. So I'm more I'm, the, the the Sean Miller factor steers me to that game. Yeah, you know, the other three games you got you know ten points, seven and a half, and seven point spreads. So it's not like yesterday where the numbers were much tighter than they are today. Maybe sometimes it's just about getting back to realizing why you loved coaching in the first place or why you loved playing in the first place and and kind of remembering that it brings back some of that joy and there's tons of pressure obviously to produce and 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 things like that and that kind of sometimes sucks the joy out of things i think that's a good way to put it Uh, i think that definitely happened to sean miller without question in tucson and you know there's certainly a lot of pressure with the lute olsen era and you know, they had a couple of, uh, you know, not so great years in between there uh, with, you know, between Loot leaving and then Sean Miller taking that job. But, yeah, he, he, there was enormous pressure in Tucson uh, for the basketball program to succeed. I don't think it's quite hit that level with Tommy Lloyd yet because, you know, they, it was just uh, they were happy to see anybody but Sean Miller by the time that Miller left. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And uh, in the future with that, maybe that just uh, if they – continue to fall short in the NCAA tournament, I'm sure there'll be more pressure on Lloyd starting next year as opposed to the last couple of years. We wrap up this Friday, March 24th edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. But as we've been doing all day long, uh, talking about the Sweet 16 matchups for tonight, the Friday slate, uh, in addition to that, looking ahead to the Saturday slate of games on the Elite Eight side, it's hard to imagine that we started with 68 of these teams and now we're dwindling down. And by the time we, we talk next week, it's only going to be four teams left. Yeah, it goes quickly, that's for sure. And uh, if you've been uh, kind of gearing up for this since November to some extent, and for me, I really get into it the end of December and first part of January. It's uh, quite an ordeal. <laughs> and then you're right, these teams just kind of disappear rather quickly. <laughs> we wrap it up next. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060.
Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Friday, March 24th edition of Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Still time to take advantage of the Superbook Sports giveaway. Uh, download the app. Apple and Android users register to be a part of the app and then uh, just listen to us every day and you'll be entered into the opportunity to win the Superbook prize pack in addition to the $100 gift certificate from Superbook Sports. All right, Bob, though, it is thank you time. Okay, that means it's my turn. Uh, Thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whoever and whatever else up to the cracks. Also, our guest today, singular, a Xavier, Texas preview. Alex Baum joined us from the Cincinnati Enquirer and uh, talked to some about Sean Miller. He had that game against Pitt, his alma mater, of which he won last weekend and uh, got into the game tonight, needless to say, against Texas. Uh, sound of the day courtesy of CBS, TBS, and TNT. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And uh, Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Yeah, coming up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. And get ready, it's the three-game series for ASU Baseball against U of A Territorial Cups up on the line here tonight it's a pregame at 6 45 and first pitch at seven o'clock from phoenix muni you can listen to it with tim healy on the call kdos am 1060 kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app so that's some asu baseball as uh they're trending in a good direction here uh yeah so is the u of a uh, both these teams have gotten off to good start i think the u of a was a little more expected to be off to a good start than asu i could be wrong about that but i think that's accurate uh, we have some good news in the WGC match play. Uh, what you needed is you needed the player that you think is going to win to at least make it out of the round robin event. And Patrick Cantlay has been able to do that. He won uh, two and one over Brian Harmon. So he will be advancing into tomorrow's elimination portion of things. Uh, when we have Cameron Young, he is four up through four on Sep Straka. So you couldn't get asked for a better start than that. And he's the other guy we need to be advancing out of his group in order to have a chance uh, to hopefully meet in that finals. How great would that be if we had a Patrick Cantley, Cam Young final? We'd be guaranteed a victory. Oh, wishful thinking. That would be good. I mean, a, a different version of survive in advance. Uh, we hear that term a lot at the NCAA tournament. Yes, I did fill out a bracket as well. Um, the bracket, uh, not uh, you know, all of my my guys so far are uh, still alive, so that's at least good news. We'll see how it goes uh, beyond that, though. Uh, t- plenty of things, though, to get into for the weekend. If you're interested in the golf, the WGC, you're interested in the golf over at the, the LPGA Drive-On Tournament, Superstition Mountain Golf and Country Club, Sweet 16 tonight, Elite 8 for the weekend. Uh, plenty of things to get into here. Now, this is maybe something that's going to be on the docket for me to read into a little bit more. I caught my 
attention. Uh, what Notre Dame president John Jenkins and athletic director Jack Swarbrick had penned an op-ed in the New York Times, and it's urging against the classification of college athletes as employees, saying it would strip away the spirit of college athletics and cause schools to cut sports that are non-revenue generating to pay athletes market value. However, they support NIL deals, but want lawmakers to codify rules as they are now to preserve college sports as we know it. So I'm interested to dive a little bit more into this, understand their rationale, understand how the money kind of works for all of this, and see uh, the direction that things are going to go. I will say this, though, that uh, the the cat has been released out of the bag and trying to reel things back in is probably not have been the best strategy. That's true. I can't imagine that uh, whoever was in charge of the rules or lack thereof uh, envisioned what's happening. That's 100% true. Uh, and so certainly transfer portal, NIL deals, That's it's it's changed the way that uh, – and then also having COVID and allowing the yeah. transfer without having to sit out. In combination of all of that, it has really changed college athletic dynamics. And like I said, there's a lot of it that I don't know you can really go backward on. I think that's a really good point that you make there about uh, many things, but especially about the, the, the fact that the COVID thing came into play at the same time. As always, everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend. I forgot to mention in all the fun that's going on this weekend, Suns King, 7 p.m. tonight on Valley Sports, Arizona. Suns 7. fun. <laughs> well, not if it's a loss, right? <laughs> well, no Aiton and no Durant. I can't imagine they're going to win either of these two games. And as I mentioned, three games separate fourth and 12th in this blob of an NF NBA West. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp gets things started on Monday morning starting at 9 a.m. Talk to you then.